0: Tickets go on sale this Friday, the 26th of April at 10 a.m., but anyone who is part of the Happy Mum, Happy Baby newsletter will be getting early access to tickets on Wednesday, the 24th of April at 10 a.m. To sign up to the newsletter and for more information about the event, please head to happymumhappybaby.com forward slash events. I can't wait to see you there.
1: Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured or tall, To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss.
0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of Happy Mum, Happy Baby, the podcast. Today, I have not one, but two guests. One of them has been high-kicking her way through the decades... I think that's fair, fair to say. And her daughter, who's a celebrity makeup artist, it is Arlene Phillips and Alana Stewart. Oh, Hi, today. <laughs> I know your mum's What, would you like to be a Stuart? Or I like am. To be no, I am now
2: Mrs. Stewart.
0: Mrs. Stewart. How does that feel?
2: <laughs> I'm so proud. Really? <laughs> that sounds really weird, but I never thought I'd get married.
0: Really? Really.
2: I always thought, oh, I'll have kids. Never had any interest in getting married, and it's one of the things I'm most proud of in my whole life. <laughs> really? <laughs> Which I know sounds really weird to people, but I honestly, I was like, no, not for me. So how old were you when you got married? Uh,
0: 38. 38. 38. Okay. Yeah. Was it a tough decision changing your name?
2: No. I wanted everything that went with it. I literally was like, I cannot wait to be... I... <sighs> Everyone says it's really old-fashioned, but I don't care. I'm just like, I love that we belong to each other, and Aww. I'm like, Mrs.
0: Stewart. <laughs> <laughs> I literally wasn't sure if I was going to change my name until the night before my wedding. As close really? as that, really? as close as that. i just signed a book deal, and uh-huh. I was having to decide whether it was going to be Giovanna Falcone or Giovanna Fletcher on the book. Oh. Yeah, I left it really late. Wow. But I'm glad I'm a Fletcher now. I can't... Falcone seems like a distant memory, which is weird when you think that that's the majority of your life spent as a Falcone. Yeah, yeah.
1: I never thought Alana would get married. She was so against it. Really? Yeah. Yeah. And Um, then you went the whole hog. uh, Yeah. Well, we didn't have,
2: we didn't have a wedding. We actually just sneaked off with our. We didn't even tell anyone because we didn't want any stress. We didn't want. We just went, and I was pregnant as well. I was already. 10 weeks pregnant and we hadn't told anyone that we were pregnant either because we'd been trying we started trying at the beginning of the year we thought let's just let's do this we were trying to buy a house I mean we did everything in this one year we picked up the keys the day before our wedding (laughs) we sneaked off with our just immediate family went to the registry office had lunch and then told our family we were pregnant at lunch and again we hadn't told anyone so then we put I put a photo on Instagram and they were like Wait, you got married? It's
0: like yay! <laughs> so, how yeah. was that? How was that moment finding out you're going to be a, a grandma? Would you say grandma
1: or your nanny? I, well, what, do you what are you going to call I mean, yourself? Probably grandma or just Arlene. You know, because they don't have grandparents on my side. Alana did for my father for a little while, but um, they call um, my partner's mother Maya. So I always thought. You did insist on grandma, though. <laughs> no, I didn't insist on grandma. Everybody says, "Oh, you're going to be such a grandma." And I just kind of want my own name. I, of course, I'm a grandma, but I feel like I'm Arlene. That yeah. says more about me than anything else. They um, might. She might give you a name. My but, boy yeah. is called my mum, nanny
0: with the blonde hair. That no. Nanny, that's very descriptive. Yeah, oh. Nanny with the blonde hair. Oh, that's <laughs> that so sweet. Yeah, yeah, I
1: like a different Yeah, a different kind of
0: name. And, and Tom's dad is Ewad, which is a totally made what up. What is that? Totally made up. Buzz died calling him it because he couldn't say granddad. And now we yeah. all just call him Ewad. So they all do. Brilliant. <laughs> you can you imagine when you're 14? Ewad. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And we should say that Lila is with us. She's yep. with us. She's being fed mm. right now. She's yeah. the first baby on the podcast. <laughs> I wanted wow. to speak a little bit later on so that we can we can hear her. She's spoken, oh, Lila. She's mm. <laughs> little Lila Primrose. Such a gorgeous name.
2: <laughs> My husband's dad, he passed away just about a year and a half ago. Who was called Patrick? So we wanted to use a P. Yeah. And we both lived in Primrose Hill when we met, oh. so we lived there together. So we were like.
0: Let's have a primrose. That's lovely. Well, we'll speak more about Lila in a little while. Um, But Arlene, what Mm. was your
1: life like growing up? What was your childhood like? I was one of three children. I was the middle, older brother, younger sister. And we lived in a very, very poverty-stricken area in Manchester. I
0: didn't Um, know you were from Manchester. Yeah,
1: I'm a northern girl through and through. Yes. Yeah, I don't know. My accent sort of... Diminished somewhere along the way in my years of being in, in London. Somewhere in the 80s it disappeared. <laughs> yeah. it actually probably sort of in the 70s. Really? Yeah. And we grew up really struggling. Uh, my father was a barber but he wasn't a well man and he would have to take a lot of time off work. Uh, my mum was sort of serving breaks and lunches in a school but we really struggled because he couldn't work full time. So life growing up was tough, really, really tough. It was a life of not having, Mm -hmm. but getting used to not having and living with not having. But the thing was for me that I wanted to dance. I wanted to dance so badly because my parents had taken all three of us to the Free Trade Hall in Manchester, now a posh hotel, (laughs) To see a Russian dance concert that had all different kinds of dancing, from Georgian dancing to classical dances from the Bolshoi. And we all went and were sitting right at the back of the back of the free trade hall, which was huge. And I fell in love. I think I was probably four years old. I fell in love with ballet and wanted to dance, but had no money. There was no way I could go to ballet school Mm. And by the time I was eight, my uncle paid for me to go to ballet classes without my mother having enough money for a pair of ballet shoes. Um, So I had to get a pair of vivid emerald green ballet shoes that were on sale. They were so, so bright. And every other little girl in the class had perfect pink ballet shoes. And I walked in and I can remember to this day that I knew I had to walk in amongst these girls who were all looking down at my green ballet shoes or what I wanted to do was run, but it was going to be my last chance. Mm. I had to dance. And so I stuck it out in my green ballet shoes. It's Um, clear how your upbringing has affected who you are. You know what I mean?
0: It's uh, that it's given you so much drive and passion and discipline.
1: Yes, it, it has affected who I am in a good way and also in a a bad way. And that sense of it's very easy to become obsessed about money in Mm. a sense of always thinking there won't be anything there, constantly sort of driven to work, to work hard. Sometimes I look back now and think, did I really have to do that? Did I really have to work so hard? Mm. Did I did I make choices? The thing is, no, I didn't make choices. I knew that I didn't want, if I had children, for them to grow up in the life like I had. Mm. So I, the, the drive in me has a wonderful side and a good side and an ethical, strong side, but it also has a drive where... You look back and now, you know, I'm 75 and I look back and think, and particularly watching Alana here with the baby, Um, I think, my gosh, I was back to work a week after having Alana with a A caesarean. Alana was in a yellow canvas bag or in a sling on me. She was by my side all the time, but I was back to work on a film a week after having her. How does that make you feel? Funnily enough, funnily enough, um, since Alana's had the baby, I've reflected on things I would have never allowed myself to reflect on. Really? Yeah. And in a way, it's been quite an emotional journey in that sense of this wonderful beauty I see and watch with her and her baby. Mm -hmm. And with me, I had always had the girls with me. But I always had work in parallel. And I think I did okay. My girls are wonderful, beautiful people. But sometimes I go over to the house and I'm watching Alana with the baby and she's there in the quiet of the house, Mm. breastfeeding her, holding her, snuggling her, all the time with very little little else to think about. Mm. It's her number one do you feel like you never gave it your full focus? Realistically, yeah. I have to look back and, and face that. And while I'm not and never will ever stop thinking and believing that women are entitled to work should they want to. And I wanted to. I was doing, I mean, incredible films. Mm -hmm. I was making films with Alana by my side. I did a film of Can't Stop the Music, which is what I went back to um, with the village people the week after she was born. They gave me everything I needed. I mean, they gave me a guru so that I would meditate every morning, was by my side all the time, I had a nanny, I had a lana in a sling by my side, or I was there all the time. Mm. And every break I had, I would just be with her, she was mine. But I continued doing and living my life like that. With Do you think there was her. also a pressure to keep things, especially as a
0: single mum, you know, to keep life as it was, and also knowing that you needed to, bring the money in and you need to keep going so financially you're providing in
1: another way yes i mean without question and i've always you know when i talk to people who are working and and in jobs where they don't feel Mm. they can take time off even though they're legally allowed their maternity time they don't feel they can or they want to get back or they need to get back i've always Encourage them if that's what they want to do to do it. Mm. The thing is, I think I've done pretty well with my girls. And well, look all... how close you are!
0: Like whenever I've met you in the
1: past, you're so close. <laughs> we are so close, and I'm the same with Abby, yeah. my younger daughter. We are so close. So you've—I wouldn't times. regret anything because you've
0: clearly done an amazing job. But like, how, how do you feel?
2: I was me really sad when you say that. I think because. I, I got asked recently, we had the the health visitor came, you know, and she sort of said to my husband, well, oh, tell me about your childhood and there's four kids and, you know, just really traditional family. And they said, oh, what about you? And I went, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> uh... <laughs> and basically, I was just saying I had the most amazing childhood. I travelled everywhere. I had the most incredible experiences. You know, you hanging out on a film set one day or you're doing safari another day or like what you learn I think doing that and one of actually my best friend recently took she's got three kids Mm. um I think like seven three no seven four and two she took them out of school the older one and the other one out of nursery and they went off for three months and just traveled everywhere because she said I want them to have amazing life experience Mm. and go to all these countries and you know and I was just trying to explain to her I was like I don't feel like I was ever apart from my mum and I don't feel like I know it was clearly out of the ordinary. And but that was just how I grew up. And if I suppose if you don't know any different, yeah. it doesn't. You know, I never longed to be at home with 2.4 family. I just thought this is amazing. So it just makes me really sad when you say
1: that because I think, and you'd... I
2: don't know how you did it. I had oh, yeah. an emergency. I had an emergency section with her. I mean, I couldn't walk literally until last week I was still barely getting out of bed and she's one week like yes I'm back did did, did you look at
1: Alana after a week and go I don't know how I did it I don't know how I did it I have no idea how I did it or even with Abby and I also had a c-section and the thing is when I had Alana I literally did not put any weight on. I was me, I was dancing, and I had Alana in my tummy from the back. Mm-hmm. You could hardly know. So you danced the whole way and through. And I danced the whole way through. And actually, I was working in New York the month before she was born, filming on the streets of New York City. And then I flew back. I left New York on Friday on an airline with my guru, to breathe they didn't even you know they didn't even notice I was pregnant getting on this flight from New York to LA I arrived in LA and there was a big film party on the Sunday and on Tuesday I went for my appointment with my obstetrician and he said you're just about to have the baby she's breech we'll have to do a cesarean are you ready (laughs) And, and that was it then I had Alana virtually on on the film set and then what was that like that was it a massive change in lifestyle for you it was a massive change but i was i was on a high it was the most incredible thing that had ever happened to me and i knew that it would be life changing mm. to have all of the incredible films and uh, musicals I was doing, and I had a dance group, Hot Gossip, who were doing well. I had all of this sort of success, I suppose, in my life that I never expected. You know, that girl with the green ballet shoes, who would have thought she would have become kind of almost like a world famous choreographer? It just didn't you say didn't kind think of. It was going to ha- I think you, you very much are. <laughs> I didn't think it was going to happen. But having my child, my baby, my beautiful girl as well. Uh, it, It was wonderful and I think the only thing is I was really tough as a choreographer and I nowadays I look back and I think gosh I was so demanding could I have done and said those things today in the way you have to look after people. I think the only thing that I regret and I think with both of my girls is that I feel that my any frustrations was if they would cry or they would do something wrong. I could lose it in an Mm. instant. And I look back and I think that was a a small baby. That was a small child. What was I screaming about? Not really what they'd done. And I look back on that now. It was the way I was feeling because it was monumental. It is monumental, bringing up a child and working and you must experience it because you work all hours yeah and you're bringing up three very close together Hmm. and i found the hardest thing that now i look back was i should have controlled my temper i should have controlled my anger but it wasn't there wasn't so much guidance then as there is now but it's a funny one though and i think that's actually something
0: that people don't talk about because you do get frustrated as a parent you know and i think it's something that you learn and i think especially Mm. if work or or actually most people will probably feel it that those day-to-day pressures build up and that it comes out and you know and actually working out a way to communicate with your children you're both learning and they're constantly pushing boundaries they're constantly pushing your buttons And, you know, and if you've got other stuff that they've kind of got to fall in line with, it's understanding why you'd feel that way. Yeah. And
1: I love mums who are patient. Just you see that wonderful, Okay, there's a way to work this out. The way I think we all look at those mums though, and
0: go, I wish I was more (laughs) like that. I wish I was like that all the time. The truth is, sometimes shouty mum comes out and I don't like her. Yeah, I don't, like as soon as I do it, I cry. Yeah, I'm like, I why was, did I do that? You only um, for
1: You're I was ready. the same. I was absolutely the same, and I just think, how could I do that? Remember the green t-shirt? Oh, what don't. happened with the green t-shirt? We've never forgotten it either of us. <laughs> I we were in the we were in France, and I was doing an Elton John video, and Alana had come with us. She always did. And I had bought this very expensive, beautiful green T-shirt with something on the sleeve. Lime green as well. It was very fancy. (laughs) It was very fancy. And
2: Alana Was not allowed to wear it to school. Right. Was not.
1: (laughs) No, because she went to a school where they didn't have a uniform. But she did. And she got paint all over it. And I couldn't get the paint off. And I lost it like a maniac. Because that was that thing about money. Mm -hmm. I had bought this beautiful, expensive T-shirt, gone over the top on a T-shirt. Because I've always felt you should be practical with kids. You don't have to buy them the most expensive things in the world. They do Mm -hmm. not need them. So I had gone over the top. And I remember to this day, just... I wasn't even me. Mm -hmm. I was a lunatic. And that wasn't about the green T-shirt with the paint on. That was my life and never having what I wanted. You know, I wanted Quality Street because everybody in school used to swap Quality Street or cakes or biscuits, and I always had an apple, which, you know, we couldn't have any sweets. If we were going to have anything that cost money, it had to be fruit, and nobody ever wanted my apple. So I wasn't ever in the gang, and it's all of those things that that you stick in the back of your mind but you never bring out. Mm. It was everything about you have everything you want. How could you get? It's so ridiculous now.
0: Well, I think that's the thing with time, though, isn't it? You kind of, I think you can kind of straight away afterwards go, oh, why did I react like that? And then actually as time goes on, you kind of, you realise more. Yeah. And you kind of go, oh, I could have done that. But the thing is,
1: you didn't. I didn't. And I can't constantly look back and think about all those things. I didn't do, and let those regrets sort of fill me and my life. Mm. Because there are lots of things you did do. There are lots of things I did do. Lots and lots of things I did do. Do you remember being told off? I
2: remember that. (laughs) Oh, hello. (laughs) Um, I do, I remember that, and I remember... Do you know what? Actually, she still tells me off. I don't know why I'm trying to remember.
0: <laughs> well, she told you before today.
1: Not oh, today, God but no. we can still instantly get into one of those arguments. But now she answers me back. <laughs> but it can happen, where yeah. we're just are chatting, something, one of us will say something, and boom, it's like and a fire. Is it that
0: mother-daughter thing? Because, I, I, you know, I think mother and daughter, are the best of friends, but also... There is that pushing buttons thing, and all of a sudden, you you know that you're fine to let those emotions out on each other, and actually, you know, life goes on. Well, you know we what we I mean? do, we
2: have to say the one thing is we can scream and shout, blue murder. I mean, it's horrendous, and then you know, half an hour. Oh, you're right. Yeah, yeah, okay, cool. And you just sort of
1: we're over. Yeah,
2: yeah. I think you can't you can't hold on to everything, and I'm sort of like that kind of whatever happens if I get angry about something I'm not one of those people that sits in a mood and it goes on and on and on I just I'm like okay that's done I've had my cry I'm fine
0: yeah
2: let's let's go it, I can't and I can't cope with people as well that just drag it out mm-hmm. you just like it's done it's done don't
0: tell me everything I've done wrong don't like you no, don't we going we're good I've said sorry yeah, yeah. let's move forward yeah, yeah. that's yeah.
1: the one very much we're both like that
0: yeah and what's it like working together
1: <laughs> I don't think Alana truly likes it. <laughs> really?
0: Oh Alana <laughs> No,
1: no Do you know what it is? It's really it's really
2: hard because I think because we're so close, we 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 pick up on whatever the other one's feeling. Yeah. We instantly catch it. So and I find it really hard to detach myself because working as I say, because I work as a personal, I just go with that one person. You do have to completely invest everything and how they're feeling it's not about you and you're giving that person their energy they're either going on camera mm. or the photograph so what you're doing you know yep, yeah, oh no no this is great I love this and you have to just give that person everything so you kind of come away feeling quite drained and it doubles I think with mum because like anyone she'll get insecure about things or is this okay or and nervous even still I don't know why because she's so good like <laughs> amazing when she does things but she'll get nervous and so you keep going but then if you're having a bad day it's hard not to bring whereas usually if I just go to work it all gets left behind but with your mum you
0: well you know things about each other as well so that you probably talk about different things than you
2: normally would I can just I remember filming that's it we we're filming a series of so you think you can dance and having an awful row in the dressing room and I I actually, don't weirdly don't remember what it was about. But I was just like, get someone else to do your makeup, and she was like, I don't mm. even want you in here. And you know, and we were like, shit, we've got to go live in front. <laughs> oh, sorry, I just swore. You know, suddenly realizing yeah. we actually had to be in the studio in a couple of minutes, yeah. and just having to go, okay, you know what, we'll finish this later.
1: <laughs> did you ever finish it later, or did you just move on? No, we moved. We moved on. And sometimes I'll say, I'll bring in a picture of an eye makeup I like, and Alana's sort of trying to be polite and going this girl is 18. <laughs> and, and it's bright orange. And I'm, like, and I'm going, I really want my eyes like this. And then, you know, and then Alana say, well, look, I think we could just do a little bit of this. No, I want this. And then suddenly she's going like, Mum, look, it's not going to suit you. You're going to look at yourself and then I'm going to have to take it all off. I'm not prepared to do that. And then it just... But
2: the only but reason... is so funny, isn't it? Because is if you're... she wasn't your mum, I
1: wouldn't... A, I wouldn't do that. I say. And if, the only, it wasn't... if it wasn't
2: you, I wouldn't do that. But also, I'd just like to clarify, <laughs> she gives me no time. So even if I wanted to take it off, so you've got 10 minutes, go. <laughs> Yeah. So it's not. Entire, I'm not an unreasonable makeup artist. Just to clarify, it. I feel no, like we're creating not. an argument
0: now. Go, go, go! Give no. us a live show.
1: No, you know? no, no. I'm, it's, I'm... it's
2: about manage. It's it's just trying yeah. to manage.
0: Then I'm like, okay, you know what? Get someone else. But it just goes to show that, doesn't it? You're constantly learning how to communicate with each other, and constantly Even it's that now. push and pull. Yes, if it goes, it starts with their babies, and it carries on. Yes, because your absolutely. relationship is a you know to. People change, people grow, the
1: circumstances change, and so you're constantly learning from each other. Yeah, and I have to say, you know, no one because she knows my face, Alana can do my hair and makeup in kind of no time at all because it's it's just there. She knows. (laughs) Yeah, and I've missed her. You know, the times that she hasn't been able to work or hasn't been able to to do my um, hair and makeup, I've really missed her.
2: See, I will admit, I actually missed doing it. <laughs> it's been really, I have to say, it's kind of been really nice having, I mean, I worked really up until I was about 38 weeks. I was still working. and then I, I was,
0: imagine that's hard working over a bump as well to get to people. Yeah, because, and I actually hadn't realised,
2: and it was really funny, I was doing a shoot. Good housekeeping, this big sort of Christmas thing. And I kept leaning in and hitting people with my (laughs) bumper going, I'm really sorry, I'm so sorry. And and you kind of forget, because I think I did have a really good pregnancy, and then suddenly I hit like 39 weeks and I went, oh, my God. I was huge. I mean, absolutely huge. And everything. My feet looked like that picture of Jessica Simpson. I mean, that was me with the feet. That I've not were, seen
0: this picture with the feet. Oh,
2: God, you Google the feet. <laughs> it's, it, I mean, I couldn't walk. I couldn't lie down. Really? I, could, I was. It was awful. And I went over. I was almost two days off being 42 weeks when they finally were <sighs> like, yeah, she needs to come out now. But no, I'd worked all the way through Mm. and was still working, you know, with mum and everyone was looking at me going, are you okay?" I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. You know, just getting on with it because you just do, I think. Yeah, you
0: do.
2: Yeah. And then suddenly, yeah, I sort of hit and I thought, oh, God, am I going to be bored? And I'm absolutely I think I haven't I haven't not worked a day in my life since I was about 16 years old. Whether it was makeup or doing theater or waitressing or whatever I was doing, yeah. I always had to have a job, you know, working in Gap or working wherever. And um, suddenly, I'm going, "Oh my god, this is so nice! This is, you know, and yes, it is so hard,
0: yeah, but it's just amazing to kind of have a break." Well, you're kind of so so. Is five and a half weeks now. Yeah, so you're about nine weeks into maternity leave. If if you, of if myself, if you, <laughs> of you having your own time. Yeah. yeah, how long do you reckon you're going to have off? Or are you well, going coming in bits and bobs? Do you or? know what
2: I, I've I've kind of said if work comes in and I can do it, I'll do it. Yeah. At the moment, as I say, I can't leave her because I'm still breastfeeding and I haven't started the. Pumping, that's another thing. <laughs> Every day it's like, oh now this there's always something new you've yeah. got to navigate. Well and... it's so
0: overwhelming, I think, like all of a sudden it is that massive life change and it's all these yeah. things that all, like you know your life and then all of a sudden you know nothing about what you're doing. Yeah. And it's you're constantly questioning yourself, I think.
2: So you kind of just go, if it comes in and I can do it, absolutely, but I'm not actively going out and you know, pushing. Yeah. I'm really lucky my husband is you know working and looking after us and it's weird actually he's gone away this morning on a work trip so it's the first time I'm I'm going to stay with my friend <laughs> I thought because we've got two dogs and a cat and it's kind of really quite chaotic trying to you know leave her if the dogs need to go to the toilet and the yeah, cat wants yeah, to go yeah. out and you're trying to put her down and get one and I just went okay so I'm just gonna go and stay with my friend and my friend can look after the dogs and' I'm just gonna have a week if I wasn't quite ready to be on my own with her well, so you're
0: only just allowed to lift things though aren't you
2: just about I mean I had four days of labor as well so I actually had a really bad time and and after say I was nearly four to two weeks I had to be induced and then ended up having an emergency section and finally I, I got home five days later and I'd managed to knock out my front tooth on the gas and air and what? no 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 it gets better it gets better so yeah, I'd managed does. I'd managed to knock you my front really tooth out it. on the gas and air and then I'd also had an allergic reaction to my antibiotics so I was in a, covered in a rash from head to toe
0: <laughs> I got Mother her hooked. I really light, it's good on you took Lila's nappy
2: off and she let's just say we have to repaint the nursery (laughs) wall. And I remember I was, you know, scrolling down the Mail Online's lovely sidebar of shame and I saw this article of... um, this Australian blogger, with you know, she'd done an Instagram of hashtag five days postpartum and a tiny pair of cycling shorts <laughs> and a tan and she'd snapped right back. And I thought, no, 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 this is five days postpartum. I have no two. <laughs> A rash. And a And I just
0: went, oh, my God, what's happening to me? But those pictures, actually. They, they put pressure on, even if you're not... Even if it, I mean, it's great oh, that that person is celebrating her where she is yeah. five days postpartum, but for other people, that's crushing. <laughs> no, not even being able to walk. <sighs> no, you know, I couldn't walk a month after having bars, and I didn't even have a C-section. You know, and I think we look at each other and we compare, mm. and we shouldn't. And, and you, tr- about... you,
2: desperately try not to as well because it, you sort of think, okay, that's that's your thing, and yeah. that's completely fine. And I put on a lot of weight, and I just kept thinking, I, I'm not going to care. Yeah. It's going to go. I'll go when I'm ready. I'm just going to enjoy this because the last thing I felt like I wanted to do was just be look back and go those five weeks. I was freaking out because I couldn't fit in my trousers. Mm. I'm like, no one cares. Yeah. When you actually think about it, no one cares. No.
1: There's never been a faster or easier way
2: to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care.
1: Did you feel a pressure
0: being I, in the world that you were in? I
1: didn't feel a pressure with my weight. I had real trouble breastfeeding. Oh, and really? I had the, it wasn't to do with the time because I had a Winnebago outside the lot. I had everything I needed. But with both children, I just didn't produce milk. Oh, really? No. It was re- really, really strange. And I know that there are, women who have problems with breastfeeding mm. and the, the guilt I felt I mean just from everyone not just kind of reading about it but from people that surrounded me made me really unhappy because I felt a lesser person and that I was doing sort of poorly in terms of the health of my children mm. but I've come across friends and one actually who had four children who couldn't breastfeed any of them again you know it was impossible and her sort of heartbreak and guilt Mm. I think it's a very difficult issue I think it's the same thing as being a working mother you never feel free to truly feel that you're doing the right thing even though that's what you're doing I think it's very similar with breastfeeding, that if you can't, you feel that as a woman, you're doing something wrong. And yet I want to feel the strength in the fact that I could not breastfeed my children totally. They were mixed breast and bottle Mm. to provide them the nourishment that they needed. But again, thank God they are both well and healthy. Mm. And similarly, with growing up, the fact that I was a working mother, those things, like like a chink, they're there. And you want to say, this is what I did, and I'm proud I did that. But something hangs over your head that's saying, yeah, actually. And you said before, it feels like you're really reflective at the moment anyway,
0: because of Lila. Yeah. Like, you're really looking back and kind of going, what did I do? How do
1: I feel about that now? It's being a grandmother Mm. and watching my daughter with her baby that has made me reflect because Alana I think is very like me. As she said, she worked every day, she worked hard, she did if you know, she was never out of work, it didn't matter what she was doing, you know, working in a shop all day, serving tequila shots in in the evening, you (laughs) know, trying to make (laughs) trying to make her her a life for herself. And just watching her suddenly stop and finding this happiness, finding this true, true happiness, a calmness. Mm. She's been calmer throughout this pregnancy than I have ever seen her in her life. Um, I've been to some of her hospital appointments. Now, when she was a child and she would be going for an injection, I generally, at the last second, couldn't find her. She'd gone, you know, somewhere. (laughs) And... Always moaning, you know, crying, not in pain. It didn't matter what. She wasn't good about it. Bit like me, mm-hmm. you know, coward. And suddenly, to watch this change in her, this the calm way she went through her whole pregnancy. I did, I did do
2: hypnobirthing. Oh, yeah.
1: This is a girl that would never take a yoga class or never stop to <laughs> meditate. Or oh, no, I don't need that. And suddenly, she did mm-hmm. take. A, on hypnobirthing and just watching her breathe, watching her become very calm, particularly through those four days of labour, that I just couldn't believe this was my daughter. And I'm watching that, yeah, it has made me reflect and it makes me realise that people, if they set their mind to it, can do or be anything they want to be. Did it make you look at Alana differently? Very differently. Very, very, very differently because... Abby, my younger daughter, is very different. She's like a butterfly. She's very calm. It's very easygoing. Alana is like me, quick to erupt, quick to have an opinion. And suddenly there was Alana. I go to the house and she would just be sitting, breathing, going through a tremendous amount of pain without without even almost noticing it. Mm. And... And then going through, as she said, four days of labour and then eventually finding that she was going to have to have a caesarean. It, it, for me, it was almost like a ballet, you know. Really? Yeah. Does it make you wish that you'd have slowed down? Yeah. Honestly, yes. I wish I'd slowed down. I wish something had come between what I was doing and my drive and my ambition to give myself some time. And that's not to say I didn't take time. I mean, I look back, you know, at the boxes and boxes of photographs (laughs) because we didn't have them on our phones at the time. And we had a good time. You know, I did take time off. It sounds like I didn't. I was very much my own boss. And the one thing I tried never to do is work in the school holidays, ever, unless I was going to a fabulous place and they could be with me and have a great time. And often I did. I mean, Abby was in Florida with me for a couple of months when I was doing a fantastic job. And we had the best time together, as as was Alana, who did go all over the world. So there were wonderful times. Mm. But just, I wish I'd been more domestic. I wish I'd taught them how to cook. I wish just so What would you have taught us? It's <laughs> <laughs> <I'm> sorry. <laughs> she does have learned to cook. and rude <laughs> <exactly. laughs> I was going to you. say, <laughs> <You> don't know. <laughs> but those are the things I want to do,
0: cook or bake. Those are yeah. the things that if you're at home... It's that image we have in <laughs> our head though, isn't it, of what that perfect mother is. Yeah.
2: But yeah. you know what, I think but the one thing I've learned. I'm like, there's always, there's always Primrose Bakery, you know. I mean, bless my husband, he bought me a KitchenAid for Christmas. I think mean, the only thing I've made in it is mashed potato. Like, I just, you know, look, we didn't get our domestic skills, but it, it, that's, and I started, but weirdly, I started worrying about that. I think, God, I need to learn how to bake something so I can, <laughs> you know, do stuff with her. And then, just, oh, God. And I'm I'm, I'm the person, I can't even make, you know, there's ready-mixed things that you just put an egg in. Yeah. I I
0: still ruin them. (laughs) It is
1: that image. Well, I
0: thought I was going to be like the Oxo mum mixed with, like, Maria from The Sound of Music. (laughs) And I am not that. The curtains are still very much where they are. I've not made a single item. You know, I'm a bit disappointed with myself. But what's so, I think...
2: Yeah. But I see what's so lovely in following your Instagram and, you know, your podcast and the things that... You're so honest about those things where you sort of just go, yeah, you know what, I, I didn't do this or actually I'm, I am tired or I am this. You mm. go like you just know that you're not on your own. Like I was saying this morning trying to get out the house, I had to change my sweater three times because she kept throwing up on me. And I was like, I'm never going to get out of here.
0: But I think and- it's in those moments as well, knowing that other people go through it. Yeah. Those moments could make you fall into a pit of despair and really find it difficult to pick yourself back up. But hearing that someone else has gone through it, hearing that you're not on your own, makes you go, oh, this is so I just kept laughing about it. I just go, oh, (laughs) no, that one's
2: gone. That one's gone, and I had a really great outfit planned. It was my first time out, and I, you know, ended up in a gym sweater, and I just, I "Ah, love it. I don't know. I think you do learn that, especially coming from the beauty industry, where Mm. you constantly, you know, always have to, for me be immaculate I'm going out as a representation of my work it's got to be done if I'm going to clients I've got to have all my makeup done some great outfit and you just start I don't know slowly you're just like it doesn't matter no one's looking at you and it it, you I don't know and that I think was a bigger thing for me was actually going it's not about you anymore and you know just so long as she's okay you're going to end up in what you're going to end up in and you can stick some lipstick on in the car and be done with it and that's fine.
1: Yeah. do you find I have now a number of friends who are first-time grandparents or even with a second child. The thing that I find makes me uncomfortable is them, I'll call it boasting, bragging, that, oh, so-and-so, you know, spends every minute with the child. The child never has to do anything. They go to baby group, they go a walk, they're doing play this, they're doing that, and that it's that the the mother is spending 24 hours with the child as though that is some goal that everyone has to reach. And I find, even as a grandparent, I'm thinking, is that what one has to do to be considered the perfect mother? I
0: think it's about finding out what works for you. And that's what this whole podcast is about. And I think... um You know, it's fine. I tried to be that mum. I had four groups on the go when Buzz was ten weeks old. He did not take them in. All I was doing the whole time I was there, I was in mum sweats. You know, worrying if he was going to cry. I was going to have to get my dummy out, and I was worried that people were going to judge me because I had a dummy. No, all those things, Mm -hmm. and and it became nothing about the bond that I was meant to be building with him, but all about being at these classes because they were apparently great for him. They weren't great for him because I was unhappy. And I was feeding in all this nervous energy. So for me, I do think it's about finding a balance and what works for you and realising that, look, Susie down the road, she might be going to six classes a week. That's fine. She might, like, she might be really happy doing that. Yes. And it might really work. She might have a very calm baby or a baby who just thrives in that environment. Yours yeah. might not. Yes. Yours might want to be with you. And also, when it comes to working, that's you. I had a great quote sent to me the other day that I'll forget, but it's something like, how can you teach your child to follow their dreams and and reach for their goals if you're not? You teach them by doing. By doing,
1: yeah. I remember when I had Abby, my younger daughter, and I was 47. And, you know, I know I was considered a geriatric mum when I had Alana at 36, but at 47 it was you know, kind of astonishing at that time. She's um twenty eight now. And I went in Primrose Hill actually to a mother and baby yoga. Right. My little Abby was crying. She didn't like having her neck massaged and whatever else. Why? And I remember the leader Um, of the class came around and I sort of picked Abby up and said oh she's not comfortable doing this she's not you know she doesn't seem happy and he said no it's not the baby it's you I mean you have to find a way to bond because actually you should be a grandmother not a mother and therefore you don't understand how to bond with your baby because of your age I what was absolutely never to be forgotten. I was fighting back the tears because I didn't want to be seen like a coward. Fighting back the tears, holding back the tears as I looked around and realised that all the other mums were way younger than me. How did you not realise it? Like, I didn't something. even think about yeah. it because, you know, I've never thought of, you know, for me, my age has been a number. And the fact at 47, I was probably a whole lot fitter. fitter And although I had put on a lot of weight with Abby and had morning sickness, things I never experienced with Alana, I had a far more difficult time and a far more difficult birth with Abby. Mm. But I'd taken her to this yoga class and I was in shock. I was absolutely shaking at Did any other response. mother in, in the group? No, it was kid. all done very quietly. And it was done as if it was a kindness. It was done as though, oh, of course, you know, I understand why she's crying because as if my relationship with my baby wasn't the same as someone younger. And I did meet, you know, even when I went um, and found out I was pregnant, I was met with kind of quite, Astonishing reactions to my having a baby at forty-seven because it wasn't as common as, as it is now. Well, even you thought you were going through the menopause, didn't you? I did, yeah. So I didn't even know. Yeah, you know. So how far along were you when you found out? Uh, four and a half months. Right. I just, you know, close to getting close to five. What was your didn't, what was your reaction? Shock, absolute shock, because I didn't even think it. And then the joy, the joy, that overwhelming joy that this was a gift for me thinking that I was only ever going to have one child and then to discover it wasn't the menopause was, I can't even tell you that, that moment, that realisation to have a second child was just heaven.
0: And then other people's reactions did that have an effect on you?
1: Yeah, yeah, I felt... Again, you know, I suppose, you know, loads of people grow up with guilt, but is it the right thing? I was dreaded the first day at nursery. And the first day at nursery, I was by far the oldest mother. But when I took her to her her next school and she was four, um, she went when she was quite small, just two or three mornings a week. Mm. And then at four, she went to a sort of full-time nursery before schooling at five and there were a couple of older mothers and in fact there was one mother who had a daughter exactly the same age as Alana who was in the same school and she'd had a massive 11 year gap between children Mm. so I was from that moment on I was quite comfortable yeah how did you feel about it Alana? Were
2: you surprised? <laughs> yeah, I mean, what was I, 11? I, mm. I think you go through the, this is really amazing, and then mm. you become a teenager and it's completely horrendous and, <laughs> oh, God, there's a toddler near me and blah. And then <laughs> I think now it's really, I mean, it's so lovely because, you know, she's. A, we're both grown-ups. We can both, ha- we hang out and mm. she's, I mean, she's just amazing and we're so close and it's been it's been really lovely she's she's become my little helper she comes around and she's like right okay I'll look after
0: you go and have a bath oh. and I'm just like oh, oh just god I love someone you do that, I know it's the most beautiful
2: thing <laughs> I know she's been amazing and it's it's so nice because you know as I say at points you do go through a life where you are completely out of sync with each other mm. and then again when you know I was in my 20s and she was becoming a teenager you know, she was like, would come to me for things. But so we've sort of, I don't know, gone through periods of being very close yeah. and then gone through periods of you kind of get in weird yeah, ages. Yeah. And so it's... it oh, keeps making these snoring noises? <laughs> um Yeah, it's it's really nice. So, and, you know, and I keep going, but it's it's going back to that thing you were saying about sort of feeling guilty about things. And, you know, I keep thinking, so I grew up as an only child and because I will be, you know, if I do have another one, 41, 42, Mm. you know, do I want to go through that? And then I think, oh, no, you know, I'd love to be able to give her a brother or a sister and have two and feeling sort of worried about it. But then you you do because you think, actually, I was okay as an only child, but then how amazing having a sibling and, you know, it does everything. You question everything constantly. It's the weirdest thing, even, you know, even feeding her i'm going am i doing it right is this okay why is she crying like you constantly are just questioning everything and it is so hard and you just have to go just you know just gonna relax what will happen will happen
0: yeah i think it takes a while to relax yeah well for some people for me it did
1: did you ever feel guilty about anything oh all the time all the time yeah i
0: feel guilty about working i think everything comes with with a guilt yeah but my two boys were criers. The first two were criers. Were they, they just cried relentlessly. And I can remember Tom's mum going, Oh, yeah, Tom cried for about two years. Good luck. <laughs> oh. No. Oh. Whereas Max, you just have to look at him and he smiles. Oh, really? Yeah, he's completely different. I think oh. he's kind of. Uh, it's one of those ones where he's either going to be so happy that's going to make make us go, oh, this is so lovely, like what a great roundup, or he's going to put us into a false sense of security and go, let's go for one more. <laughs> we make really happy babies, and then they're going to be like the yeah. monster. But did yeah. you did you? Because this is what I'm
2: kind of so interested in. Did you start with the routine with the first one, mm-hmm. attempt it with the second, then give up <laughs> by the
0: third? Uh, the third is, yeah, loose, loose. Well, yeah, but he's happy putting himself to sleep and everything like that. It's really interesting. This is Whereas exactly, Bars, I can yeah. remember literally the amount of time that I spent swaying with him. I used to count <laughs> in my head. I used to be, he'll be asleep by the time I get to 60. Oh, no, maybe 100. Let's just start again. Oh, you know I just yeah. constantly like, count and bounce and mm. um, and even flying and travelling and everything like that. I mean, how you travelled with
1: such a tiny baby. And, uh, did you even think about it? No, no. No, I just I just did it. Mm. I just did it. And only once. And there's only once where she cried relentlessly on a flight. And that was coming back from Los Angeles. And she cried. And we were in the first class cabin. And they were all complaining. And I spent I mean, I think I spent the whole night walking up and down with her. Other than that, both of them have never cried on flights. Really? Other than that one awful, awful journey. They're not criers, either Mm. of them. So I think I was lucky that way. Yeah. And I could easily distract them with fun or games or I have the silliest of songs and the (laughs) oddest of stories that I would repeat so that they would be, like, a comfort. I would make them up or... Do little roundels and things that could fascinate them. So, neither of them, other than that one flight, which I'll well, never I guess forget. it's actually much easier
0: now on flights because you've got the in flight entertainment. Most people have yeah. some sort of device.
1: Yeah. You know,
0: so it, it is easier now. Like, people wouldn't be having your LA trip.
1: With a, no, a, you know. That's true. Although I actually, maybe that time I came yeah. back once from another trip, actually from Barbados. I was working there with Andrew Lloyd Webber and I came back. And on that journey, there was a child that screamed relentlessly for the entire, I don't know what, for 15 hours? I can't remember how long, Non-stop, around two, ran up and down, ran amok parents were fast asleep they didn't give up <laughs> yeah and i remember then my kind of my nerves kind of you know sort of all through my body were like quite tense because one thing i think if a parent is is there and and be, and, and, and just trying yeah. yeah well not even but
0: entertaining them to, yeah. you know because buddy had a massive he has night terrors on oh. the way back from the Caribbean, this Christmas, he well, actually, it, it coincided with really bad turbulence, actually. So it was oh. fine because everyone had woken up because of the turbulence. But he had a proper night terror on this flight. Oh. And there's oh nothing you can do. It lasted about 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. The air were really nice. They put us in the little kitchen area. But he literally, we had to kind of wait it
1: out for him to calm down. Because oh. you can't do anything. No. And that's where I always try and understand mm. if a kid has... Kind of just exploded, or something as wrong as wrong can be has happened for that child, and I just go, okay, breathe. They they need their time. Mm. They can't just snap out of it just like that. Yeah. and shouting ain't gonna help.
0: No, exactly. If you match with their well, with their frustration, mm. yeah, if you match their frustration with your frustration, it just doesn't. Yeah, <laughs> yeah lights up. Yeah, but the second time around, to you, for you, was it all really different? Well, how do you even have the... Like guidelines and stuff changed because even my mother-in-law—they've only got a seven-year gap—and it's stuff like sleeping on the front and the back and all of that oh, had changed. And
1: it's not tremendously not to like it is now. Mm. I don't even know these new these new <laughs> rules and regulations. I don't even know them. I think so like my mum. Well, whatever we we did it. But you're alive. Well, the amount you know? of times I heard, I just
2: carried you around in a bag. <laughs> oh yeah.
1: As I'm looking at all the equipment you now have to have, she had one bag—the yellow canvas bag. (laughs) And that got strapped in into the car. It it went
0: everywhere. I asked my mum and dad about car seats and Mm. their face goes blank. They've got no idea. No idea how we travelled around. But
1: even the car seats that I had, had, they'd changed from Lana to Abby. Now they're unrecognisable. Yeah. And the same thing—the pushchairs, the, push the prams—it's all—it's all very, very different now. Really? I think. Were well, you more relaxed though with um, Abigail? Yeah. Oh my gosh, yeah. She got totally away with
2: everything. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "You've got to be kidding me!
1: This yeah. is so unfair." <laughs> yeah. And also with Alana, I was—it was all about health. It was about healthy food. It was. You know, I was sort of so, so on it. And in fact, she never, ever had any sweets or chocolate. I was going to say, considering cream. you were the kid
2: with the apple that didn't <laughs> want to
1: swap, no. all I had was like bits of matzo and sesame bars. And <laughs> sesame bars or date bars. And until Alana... No one my food. Until Alana was around three, almost four, and I was on Kings Cross Station and we were going we're going to leeds to see my sister and we're walking around and a little girl came up and offered alana some sweets from a bag of sweets and i looked down and i i was kind of being quite relaxed about it and bent down to pick up my bags suddenly alana had gone off with the girl with the sweets to her mum and dad. <laughs> Off with her, and that was it. You know, from that point, I went, gosh, she would run away from me for, sweet. for, for sweets. <laughs> better I better give her some. I better give her some. I've got to do something different in my life. She, she can no longer bear sesame bars, sesame seed bars and date bars.
0: <laughs> and when you found out you were expecting Alana, was there at that time a stigma around single mums? Because now it's even, ta- you know, it's still talked about
1: now, yeah. like, you know. Very much, very much a stigma against sing- single mums. But I was determined that she was my child mm-hmm. and I was going to bring her up and I would give her a life with more than I ever had. In a sense, yes, I did have a mum and dad. Um Sadly, you know, my mum got leukaemia when I was 15 and and I think sort of losing my mum at that age, a vulnerable teenager, and again, not even like a 15-year-old today, I mean, a 15-year-old child. Yeah, I was determined that this child was going to be my child and loved. And I quickly felt proud that... I was going to do this and have my child and that anyone, whether they're, you know, single married who really, really wants a child, can make happiness for that child, no matter what their circumstances are. Mm -hmm. Because even though I didn't have much, you know, I grew up with the most wonderful, loving, warm mother And the one thing that I think is the most important thing for a child is that when my mother was sick for three months, before she passed away, I remember that for her entire life, my mother could make anything feel right, even if it was really wrong, by putting her arms around me, by hugging me and holding me. And my world, and in my world, felt safe. And I feel that if you can do that for a child, you can put your arms around them and they feel no matter what's happened, it's all going to be okay. That's what being a mother is. And whatever the circumstances are is exactly the way I felt when I was going to have Alana and I was a single mum. This is the right thing for me to do. Mm.
2: Just because of... You know, you, me saying, so I've, I recently got married, I never thought I'd get married, is literally because I grew up thinking I can do this all on my own. Like, that's everything. I always thought if I have a child, I could do this. You know, now, well, maybe not so sure it's actually happened. <laughs> but, but um, no, I did. I completely, I, I never thought I'd get married. I always just thought i will be like my mum. I'll just do everything. Yeah. I'll just work. I'll have a baby. I'll I'll do it because she could do it. And and that was completely instilled in me. So be... it's not
0: like you've ever grown up without something. In in fact it's actually no. given you more in a sense. It's given you like a, a kind of go get it attitude, if I've you like.
2: Completely always that's to say, I've never not worked. I've always just gone, you know, put my mind to it and, and done it and I never thought I couldn't do something. It's funny because growing up, you know, I always knew I wanted to go into musical theatre and dance and sing and every day my mum would say be prepared for a life of rejection <laughs> every day she said you'll be out of work more than you'll be in it <laughs> I'd like to say that I wasn't but, <laughs> um, <laughs> it's true. but no she did she absolutely instilled in me you can do anything you know you want to do but you have to damn well work for it yeah. and I did and I think that's why to say my surprise at getting married or doing these things because it was something I never ever saw for myself because I just thought it's fine, I got this and suddenly I think, you know, in in this one year, my entire life changed more than I actually ever dreamed that it would because I never even saw any of those things I was just convinced I would be like my mum and just get on with it and,
0: and suddenly I'm going oh my god but isn't it funny though because for you Like having Alana would have just, there was a point where it happened and your life had to, and then for you, it's the same sort of thing. You know, you were at that point and actually it it kind of feels like it maybe was the right time for you guys to. Yeah, it
2: it really was. I think I couldn't have, even though it's really funny, I was always like, oh, I'd be fine. I could have a kid now. I would not have been able to do it. It's only now I go, yeah. I can do this because I think you have to whether you do it on your own or with a partner or however you want to have your children there's no point doing it if you feel like you're still going to miss out on something Mm. you know you can't be sitting at home going I should be doing this I should be doing that like for me I have to go I chose to do this I take everything that's bad with it I take everything that's good with it you know because this is only going to make my life better Mm. like that's why you choose to do it and I think now I kind of go you just you've stopped caring that you're missing things you I don't know it's like this just becomes everything and it's so overwhelmingly amazing and and I think you know if someone has said that to me in my 20s like do you want to have a baby yeah this will be great Oh my god, <laughs> it would have been awful, <laughs> and, and then suddenly i But then even now, for me being thirty nine, and the when I you know had her and the midwife yeah. said to me, because of what happened with my labour and my birth, you have to wait at least a minimum of twelve months now. Right, and I sort of thought, oh okay, so I'll be. 40 then you know if I kind of don't take straight away I'll be 41 and and then she said oh yes and by the way you probably want to start trying fairly soon because um you know you are going to be 40 and and the care changes you're automatically high risk and you go into you know geriatric month and I sort of oh okay you just told me to wait but now yes. you've told me to get on with it because so I'm what old and do I
0: listen to oh, no. this is really
2: confusing yeah <laughs> and again I think Like you say, you know, you say age is a number. I think if you're fit and healthy and, you know, I was really lucky. I did get pregnant first time trying and I was kind of really surprised because I was was expecting to wait as well. Mm. I was thinking, oh, you know, yeah, I'm a bit older and there's probably, wow, there we go, (laughs) (laughs) Um, which was just incredible. And um, so I think just having that drive to just go, okay, I'm just going to keep going and you know let's just try let's just see I didn't go and see any fertility doctors yeah. I thought you know what let's just have a go and but it's it's been right. but it's been like with everything just from my mom constantly going I can do this I can do this I can do I'm like okay I can do this then yeah and that's what's been so I amazing think,
1: I think what's really funny is that I never wanted for my children, for them to be famous. I wanted them to be able to to be secure, find something that every day they go out to work, they're doing something they want to do. Mm -hmm. But I think now seeing Alana with a baby is seeing her being everything I ever wanted for her.
0: Really? Mm,
1: Yeah. Yeah. I never wanted when she was doing musicals and I was pleased, you know, she got the next show or the next show or the next show, but I was never ambitious for them to to push them to a degree to, you've got to do this, you've got to do that, you've got to be better. I did encourage with Alana, you know, to, to try everything from dance to music, to give her all those opportunities. Mm-hmm. In fact, probably most of them she didn't want. Yeah. And that's another thing. So with Abby, I've let Abby, if she really hated doing something, I didn't make her do it. With Alana, I did push because I thought I was giving her all those opportunities. But sometimes you have to stop and look at what your child wants. I'm not sure I really did that with Alana, although she did make her own mind up when she wanted to stop dancing and when she wanted to. But in a sense, I did push her to do all these things, to take all these opportunities she had. Um, But now I think more than ever, she's she's everything I ever wanted. If you could dream what you want for your child, this is it.
0: Oh, that actually makes me a little bit emotional. (laughs) Um, And now we have to go to the three sentences. This is the end. So you have to finish three sentences. So I'll do Arlene first. Yeah. So being a mum means.
1: Being given a joy that only a mum can experience.
0: Being a mum means? Making up
2: <laughs> lyrics that involve your child's name to every single song <laughs> that comes on the radio <laughs> because you know that you just have to talk gibberish to them all the time and it's great. <laughs> Anything that I can change the words Lila to. like Aww. That's all she gets constantly. Whatever happens, I'm constantly singing to her. Uh, since having children, I?
1: I have become a better woman.
2: Do you know what? I, th- I feel the same, actually. Really? I feel like it's so fundamentally changed who I am and everything I ever thought I'd be. It's, it really amazes me, actually, how much she can
0: has changed my life.
1: I'm happy when I have Lila in my arms at the moment. Really happy. Is the love
0: for a grandchild completely different to love to, for your own child?
1: I think love for a grandchild is a different feeling. But right now, mostly when I have Lila, I'm filled with emotion that my daughter owns this life, this child, but I can be part of it. Mm. I'm happy when?
2: We are all on the bed, and I mean all as in the two dogs and the cat (laughs) and me and Lila and my husband. And we're all falling asleep and just, you know, I'm just feeding her and the dogs are sleeping and the cat's curled up there and Henry's just reading. It's, I just go, oh, this is my family. This is everything. This is my whole world. And... It's amazing.
0: Thank you so much. It's been so lovely talking to a mother and a daughter together.
1: Yeah, yeah it's, it's quite, I it's feel like i just, like just laughing. <laughs> yeah, she laughs, and I'm I'm emotional, <laughs> which makes me emotional. Thank you yeah. so much. Thank, Thank you. you.